evening. Good evening. By default, I always go to good morning. Um, but we're glad you're here. I'm glad you made time to worship together with us on first Wednesday. I'm going to invite you to take your seats. I'm excited, I'm typically excited to, uh, particularly excited to share with you the, the topic, uh, to share with you this, this topic over the promise of rest, the promise of rest. Summer's starting and uh, us getting ready uh, to just unwind, unplug for those, uh, I, I, that's my frame of reference. I, I work in a school district, so it's like pushing reset. Um, and being able to just uh, take some time. So I want to talk to you about this uh, topic today with the help of the Lord. And it's, it's sweet to know that when we find life overwhelming, because let's be honest, it can get there. God has offered us rest. God offers us rest for our souls. When we find ourselves weary, when we find ourselves burdened, when we find ourselves just in a state of hopelessness, when it just feels like it's way too much that's going on, it's awesome to know that we serve a God who sees us there. We serve a God who sees us there. When you find yourself in this condition, when you find yourself in this state, sometimes it can be because we've taken on a yoke uh, or a way of living, should I say, that comes from the world, this world that we live in, and it does not come from God. Living to please others can lead, can lead to heartache, can lead to frustration, you name it. It can be crushing. But the fact of the matter is that true rest comes from God and from God alone. I want to start a conversation tonight where we jump in and talk about the promises that God makes to us in Scripture. Whether you're brand new to church, whether you're brand new to walking with God, or whether you've been in church for some time, the reality is we can all attest that God is true to his word and God keeps his promises. Many of us here today can probably give numerous examples of God's faithfulness, and I am so grateful that he is a promise keeper. The Bible tells us in Psalms 119 and 103, how sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. Now that's some really good imagery there for the visual learners in this house. Honey is one of the sweetest things that we could ever taste. And, and the truth is that when something is sweet, when something is tasteful, when something uh, is appealing to your palate, we always have the tendency to go back to it. God's desire is that we continually return to his word and find his promises to be true, to find his promises that are trust, uh, that we can know that his promises are trustworthy, that his promises are forever. So we're going to look at one of God's amazing promises for our lives today. And we're going to look at a few examples. It's, we're going to start in the book of Matthew, chapter 11. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 28 through 29. Jesus is speaking. And 
Let's listen today for what he promises. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. I'm sure each of us have read this particular scripture, this scripture on any common day, on any uh, day that you may need this particular word and you can just, I'm sure there's been an audible sigh of relief that comes with it because we're in a busy time. It, it just in, in this world in general, we are weary people. We're overworked people sometimes. We are in desperate need of good, surrounding, uh, nourishing rest for our souls. And thankfully, this passage comes at a moment that we need it. Uh, this passage comes to us today to just remind us and to show us that we can find the, the rest that we need uh, for our souls in Christ. What a sweet, what a sweet promise. And there are three things that I want to be able to pull out of this passage in particular and be able to leave you with these thoughts. And the first one is this, that the rest requires that we come, that we come. I'm sure that you can think of a time where you were craving a particular restaurant and people and, and your family, the people that you were with didn't want that and y'all were just ordering out and it, that, that nothing sounded as good as that particular restaurant, that you yourself got up and said, you know what, if nobody else is going to do this for me, I'm going to do it for myself. And you get up, you put your shoes on and then you get, you get it and you go and you get it for yourself. And, and why, why, why is this important? Because many of us have felt like God is distant at times. We feel like God is distant. Maybe you feel a strain. Maybe some things have come and pulled on, on your relationship with God and that you feel that he's not very close anymore. However, in reality, the truth that it could be maybe more it has to do with our reluctance, with our hesitation to be able to pursue him and to go after him rather than the other way around? Could it, could it be that we have not been passionate enough? Could it be that we have not been motivated enough to pursue God the way we should? We see throughout scripture from the beginning to the end that God desires to be close to his people. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 says this, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as uh, the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This account is right after the, these two people that we know as Adam and Eve have sinned against God in the garden of Eden. But did you catch where God was in the middle of it all, even though they had failed, even though they had just created this, this uh, environment, this type of atmosphere for themselves. The Bible lets us know that God is still close to them. He wants to be where his people are at. So naturally, Jesus, when we see in the book of Matthew, he calls us and he invites us to come to him. That means that in order for us to find rest for our weary souls, that means that for us to be able to have rest for our weary souls, we need to come and we need to take a step towards God. What does this look like? What does this look like? It looks like praying daily. It looks like making time and inviting him to just take us in his arms and his loving embrace. It looks like studying his word 
daily and just allowing him to grant us the, the knowledge that only comes from him and for us to be able to know him and to know his word. It, it, it's just about reminding us to, to build some time and to, no matter how busy we get in the day, to know that God is a priority and to know that he is worthy of us to, to just set, set aside some time. And to be able to spend it with him. It is reminding ourselves of his promises that he invites us, that we must come to him. That, that he has this stand in this open invitation and we are to come to him because he is where we find true rest. Psalms 91.1 puts it this way, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say that one more time. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. But what keeps us as humans, what keeps us as, as busy beings uh, from coming to God? Maybe for us, maybe for some of us in this place, we claim that we're too busy in this season to spend time with God. Maybe there's too much going on. Maybe we have to... Look at, look at our situation and say, man, there's way too much on our plate right now. And that we keep neglecting what is truly important in this life. And it is spending time with God. The way we find rest and the way we're able to achieve this is to allow the keeper and the giver of rest, God himself, to be on our priority list each and every day. The second thing that I want to leave with you is that rest requires that we take. So it requires that we come to him, and then it requires that we take. So what happens when we get to him? What happens when you have drawn nigh unto God or drawn close unto God and he's drawn close unto you? What happens when you have reached that step after we make the decision to follow Jesus and to be able to, uh, and to be able to adhere or to follow his commandment to come to him, then we're invited to take. We're invited to take. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. It was said in this way that a yoke is a means of governing an animal because many of us can't wrap our minds if you've never seen it before. It's of governing an animal and linking two or more animals for greater strength. Sometimes we have to go to a third world country to be able to see what this is really like. And I can't imagine anybody in this place willingly taking a yoke, taking a yoke and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull your weight. I'm going to pull your weight because the idea is totally opposite of what we love in this world, and that is freedom, personal freedom, where we say, I want to do it my way. I don't want to be accountable to anybody. I want to do it the way I want to do it. We resist bondage, and, and when we consider going under a yoke, it, it's going to stretch us, and it's going to pull us in a way that we've never been pulled before. It's going to challenge us. But when we willingly, can I tell you this evening, that when we willingly decide to take Christ's yoke upon us. We are invited to lay aside our personal passions and our personal goals and our personal desires 
especially those at times that may be immoral, especially those that could cause a, a sinful nature to, to rise in us. The things of this world that we know of that cannot produce happiness, the things of this world that cannot produce the satisfaction that we're looking for, the things of this world we have to understand can no longer take priority in us. But for many of us, maybe the reason that we haven't been able to, to find true rest in God yet, it's because, uh, because we always go back to the things of this world and we always go back to, to the things uh, that have held us bondage. It could be uh, the same website. It could be the same substance that keeps knocking on the door, waiting for us to engage with it again. When, when we do that, when we believe a lie that those things will come into our lives and, and cause a true rest and satisfaction and fulfillment, we, we truly understand that it is just a lie of the enemy. But we learn through those instances that that, that may be us. In this moment that there is something that is pulling us back from truly coming to God and for us to be able to take his yoke that, that he invites us to. Because we have to understand that this world can only promise false hope. And it only gives us false promises. Only God can promise true rest for your weary soul. Only God can promise true rest for your tired soul. That we must come to the conclusion today that merely coming to Jesus is only the first step in finding rest. We have to come to him, but then we have to take up our yoke. We then have to make a decision to lay aside everything that is weighing us down and to be able to link up to who Jesus wants us to be. So my question for you this evening is what's weighing you down? What's weighing you down? The Bible tells us that in order for us to find true rest in the book of Hebrews, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that, that we can become so easily entangled with and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. You have to throw off, as I mentioned on Sunday, everything that keeps us from rest, the baggage that we are carrying, whatever that may be for you, on whatever level you may be experiencing, let's release it and surrender it to God. And let's trust him. The things of this world are not even, com are not even worth comparing to the rest that God provides. He can provide it for you. But are you willing to come to him? Are you willing to come to him? Are you willing to take the yoke? And finally, the last thing is the rest that we are so anxiously awaiting requires that we learn. Rest requires us being willing to learn. To learn from who? To learn from Jesus. What does Jesus say? He, the final thing that he teaches us in, our, in this uh, passage of Matthew 11, he says, let me teach you because I am humble. And gentle at heart. Every single one of us in this place, you can think of one particular, maybe a teacher in school that you did not like growing up. Chances are that they didn't have a good tone. Maybe they didn't have a good personality. Maybe they were just too pushy, too bossy. 
wanted their way all the time. Maybe they had a method attached to their teaching. We all have examples that we could list. Difficult teachers and tough learning environments. But on the flip side, you can think of that one teacher that made an impact on you that was just, you're just like, I want to be, I want to be in the class. It's easy to learn from somebody who practices patience, humility, and gentleness. And that's what we have in Jesus. That's what we have in Jesus. The good news is that all those qualities that I just mentioned, Jesus invites us and he says, let me teach you. Let me teach you. But I can only learn when I get to a place where I'm close to him. I can only learn when I get to a place where I'm close to him. The beautiful thing about God is that he wants to walk with you. And he wants to talk with you. And he wants to tell you that he wants to go. So who better today as I close? Who better today to learn from than Jesus? That we would shift our eyes as a church to Jesus. He wants to be right there with you every single step of the way, at every turn and at every season. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, even within us. Joshua wrote these words that are often quoted and or seen quoted on t-shirts, on posters. It says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And I'll share with you in brief just the context. Many of you know the story, but Moses has passed away. Moses has gone, and Joshua is about to take over. And these were words that Joshua needed to hear in a time of where he's like, those shoes are way too big to fill. It is a difficult time, but the word of God came to him and said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. And while this promise is an Old Testament promise, it is a promise that is still true today, that it is available to you, that you could, that you can, that you can, because for some of us, the truth is that a relation, a true relationship with God seems so distant and distant and so far away and so unattainable and only certain people can, can have that. But the truth is that you can, regardless of what you've been through and regardless of what you have experienced in life, you can. The same promise is found all through scripture and it culminates in one of the most amazing passages that's found in Revelations chapter 21 verse, and verse 3. And it says this, John wrote, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. If you want to know how the story ends, this is how it ends. God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. The book of Revelation that lets us know the end, God, the good teacher, will be with his people in an extremely personable way forever. But even now, 
because it's great to look toward the future and say that's that is our destiny in Jesus but what about right now what about right now with everything that I'm going through and with everything that I'm facing what about right now you can experience the same intimacy with our heavenly father if you just come to him if you just take up the yoke and if you just allow him to to teach you it's that easy it comes through the power of the holy spirit it comes through the power of the holy spirit who dwells within us when we choose to follow jesus so what is holding you back this evening? What's keeping you from Jesus and what's keeping you from the divine rest that you are looking for, that you are longing for, that, that contentment that you just hit that place where you, there is a deep level of satisfaction. What is holding you back today? Maybe it's time this, this evening to take that first step of faith to say, you know what, I'm going to try this. I've been in church all my life, but I've never tried just having a true relationship with God. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to be prepared. You just have to be willing. You just have to be willing. Grab hold of the promise today. He says, come. Come to me. Grab a hold of Jesus. Father, I'm so thankful today. I'm so thankful today, God, that you make an invitation to us and you just tell us to come you tell us to come you invite us to come to you God and we're sorry for not always taking the steps that we need to take God we're sorry that for the decisions that we have made for the errors and the mistakes God we recognize our vulnerability, God, and we recognize that we are nothing without you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Right now in this moment, God, we, we make an active choice. We make an intentional choice to walk, to take a step towards you. We, take a, we make an intentional step to, to come and draw closer to you. We need you right now, God. We accept your invitation. We accept your invitation. We need you in this moment, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.